Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Friday the 22nd of November. Coming up, mum of dead teenager raising awareness about drugs. He made a bad decision, a bad choice that night, but it was an uninformed choice. Also, the people he was with didn't know how to respond to what was happening. Volunteers celebrated at new awards ceremony. So many organisations have a volunteering element uh, within their operation and so really volunteering is absolutely essential. And Gillingham get ready to take on AFC Wimbledon. They'll be a good side, they'll play good football and, and they'll make it hard for us at times but with the way we're playing at the minute, I don't, I don't see why we can't go there and, and get the win. Kent Online News. The mum of a Kent teenager who died after taking drugs is urging other young people not to make the same mistake on what would have been her son's 16th birthday. Owen Kinghorn was found dead in a field near Ashford in September. His family are now backing the Kenwood Trust Think Differently campaign, which aims to educate youngsters about the dangers of substance misuse. Tom's been chatting to Owen's mum, Rachel. I mean, it was everything to us, yeah, a big part of our family, obviously. I've got two boys, um, both equally as loved. Um, Irene had a really good sense of humour, um, was just full of fun, really, um, a bit mischievous. Got into trouble a few times um, with school and stuff, but um, yeah, just good fun, good heart, yeah, life and soul, really, yeah. And, and clearly we've seen over the last few weeks how popular it is with friends and yes. colleagues and peers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> how, how do you sort of put that response into, into words? Uh, it's overwhelming really, you know, how loved he was and I don't think we really realised how many friends and how popular he was until sadly he died, yeah. Obviously it's in incredibly distressing circumstances. What um, are you aiming, I mean we're working with you on a, on a campaign <clears throat> along with the Camera Trust to think differently. What, what are your sort of primary aims uh, of this campaign? Um, my aim with this campaign is that Owen's death isn't in vain. That if he saves one person, then he's a hero. And he is my hero. Um, he made a bad decision, a bad choice that night. But it was an uninformed choice. Also, the people he was with didn't know how to respond to what was happening. So with the campaign and working with Kenwood Trust, it's to inform parents, to inform children, you know, how to get help, not to take drugs in the first place, and for parents to realise that these drugs are out there. Do you think people are aware enough about the dangers? I know we hear a lot about it on the, on the news and things, but are they really aware? No, of I, don't, I don't think it's enough for parents just to say, don't take drugs, they're dangerous, they can ruin your life. I don't think that's enough. I think they need to actually know what the drugs do to their bodies. Um, about addiction, because you can obviously get addicted, that's not the case with Owen. I mean, we think this was probably the first time he had taken that, that drug. Um, yeah, I don't think it's enough um, to just say no and to tell your children, don't take drugs. I think we're unaware as a society of how many drugs there are you know, and how easy it is to get it. And the use of social media doesn't help either. Oh, that's just what I was going to say. Do you think it's a, a, a different situation to it was 10, 20 years ago? Certainly, yeah. I mean, when I was a child, you didn't really get drugs. You might have heard of cannabis, um, weed or whatever you want to call it, but no, no. And to be honest, I'd never heard of MDMA. And, well, well, when the police described it, they said Mandy. 
I don't know what that is. Then they said MDMA and then they said ecstasy and I only know about ecstasy because of when Leah Betts died when I, I was probably a teenager then. So. Mm. <coughs> and obviously the, um, there's a wider issue of, of, of young people not just taking the drugs but perhaps getting involved in, in sort of um, in gang culture. Yeah, I mean I've, I've heard about county lines. I've watched the programme on Channel 4 the other day about the county lines. Um, I mean obviously wasn't involved in that. Um, but it's a very scary situation for young people now, yeah. And there is the draw with that, obviously, that they can earn a lot of money and they think it's a easy ticket. Um, the trouble is then they become the perpetrators and they're then selling it to younger children. Um, yeah, something needs to be done. And I think only the, um, what they call politicians, really need to step in and do something, yeah. There needs to be extra funding for police. Police are very tied with um, red tape, etc. We found this with Owen in, in um, trying to find out who supplied the drug. Um, and th there isn't enough police officers to do the work. Is that one of the big issues, that there isn't the resources out there to help? I don't think so, no. Yeah. I know we've just touched on, it's, it's easy to say to kids, you know, don't touch drugs, but obviously you know, it is, it is a difficult issue. What would you say to either a young person or their family who, who may find themselves presented in a similar situation? What would you say to them? Well, I suppose look out for signs. Um, if you think your child's asking for lots of money, I suppose, you know, where's that money going? Um, obviously, um, social groupings as well. So, I mean, as parents, we all have our um, opinions on our children's friends but yeah um, I mean I had lots of friends so making sure they ha they hang out with the right sort of friends and don't get drawn into um, you know um, groups that might be more perceptible to, to to doing that kind of activity I suppose. And obviously one of the Kemble Trust's big aims is to go into schools. Yes educate children a little bit more, you are obviously being very supportive of that. Yeah. Well, how much of a difference do you think that, that can make? Um, I, I think it gives the children the information, gives them the information on the drugs, so if they're offered it, they could, they, they know the potential risks of what they're taking, what that drug can do to your body. Like I say, with MDMA particularly, obviously I've looked into that, if if your body's reacting in a bad way, there are certain things you could do to help that person. I mean, the obvious thing would be to call an ambulance, but obviously that night the boys he were with didn't realise, I don't think, the trouble he was in. The family have set up a Just Giving page and are hoping to raise £50,000 in Owen's memory. Kent Online reports. Police have been questioning two men on suspicion of murder after a man in his 30s was stabbed to death in Rochester. Police and paramedics were called to a property in the High Street early yesterday morning. A 35 and 42-year-old were arrested. Two men have been jailed for a total of almost 10 years after 25,000 pounds was stolen from a security guard in Raynham. The G4S worker was delivering the money to NatWest in the High Street in September when robbers snatched it from him and drove off. 36-year-old Warren Young from Cavendish Avenue in Gillingham and Samnit Sidhu, who's 24 and from Greys in Essex, were arrested after police raided their homes and found cash. They both admitted their involvement in the crime. 
A man who repeatedly punched and kicked a Kent police detective has been jailed for two years. Samuel Tisfei attacked the victim outside Medway police station while they were trying to help him after he was released from custody in May. The 28-year-old from Thicket Road in Crystal Palace admitted assault and occasioning actual bodily harm. A sitting-born man who started drinking when he was just eight years old is hoping that opening up about his battle with alcohol will help others. 48-year-old Jamie Cheney now runs the Recovery Lodge in Sittingbourne, which helps addicts get on the road to recovery. He's been speaking to Ollie on the KM Community Podcast. Looking back now in hindsight, after being in recovery for a long period of time, um, yeah, I, re- I had this disease of self within me um, from like primary school, you know. Having to feel superior to everyone, and if I felt inferior, building that wall, that putting that facade up to stop anyone coming in and hurting me, you know, um, dysfunctional family, and yeah, it was loads going on from when I was young. But you, you you block all that out and put on a front and try and be the best person you can. And um, I found alcohol at the age of eight, and uh, wow. I tasted it and it was disgusting, but what it done to me was, well, euphor- euphoric, you know. Um, yeah, and I drank to blackout at the age of eight, whiskey, and uh, I never done it continuously um, up until the age of 14, 13, 14. Um, yeah, and I was drinking daily from then up to the age of about 30, 31. Had a massive stroke and stuff, and yeah. But before it lost license and uh, police cells and prisons, institutions. Um, yeah, and then eventually I went into treatment myself um, a couple of times. And it wasn't until I surrendered to me, uh, I needed help from something more powerful than me, and that's that's when everything started to change. You know. Because um, my mental defence was to protect me from from feeling, really. Having any feeling and emotions. Um, yeah, and and when I did get them feelings and emotions, I, I used alcohol um, to dilute that. Um, so I could... Yeah, it's just all this, all the false bravado around how, how you need to be and being happy. I was never happy until I come into recovery. I didn't know how to be happy, I didn't know how to be. My life was driven by alcohol, you know, and quite successful. Um, Yeah, and then then it stopped working, and then I was banging in trouble, and that's when I went into treatment. At the age of eight, it's really young. I mean, working in this environment, do you come across people regularly who have kind of started that young? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's quite the norm, really. Um, yeah it's like it's put in your way I don't know it's like I watched my dad and he used to bring clients home from work and stuff and he used to sit there and have a drink in a drinks cabinet and I thought it was a cool thing to do you know and I've done it and but loved it so I've learnt now that it affects us different to normal people and it creates an allergy and I have a mental obsession Um, I'm an addict alcoholic so it's um 
manifests itself in many different ways, not just alcohol or the drug of choice. Well, alcohol is a drug, but in liquid form, you know. Um, so, so yeah, it's my behaviours, my dishonesty. I can never be honest, didn't know what that meant, you know. Um, yeah, gambling, phones, computers, anything that changes the way I feel or distracts me. Scrolling on my phone, looking for uh, new watches or whatever the case may be, new cars, anything to, to distract me from what is really going on. So I know now, I'm aware of all that, and awareness is key of this illness. It's a killer, and uh, it's there all the time. So it's a day at a time, um, practising what we deliver at the Recovery Lodge. You can hear more of Jamie's story on our podcast page at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. A mum's been left heartbroken after cards and a teddy she put on her baby son's grave in Medway were taken. Lydia Hope's son Finley was stillborn in 2012 and she still goes to visit his headstone at Chatham Cemetery every day. Medway Council, who run the site, say they don't remove any items unless they're made of glass for health and safety reasons. At kentonline.co.uk you can see a shocking video of a van driver pulling a cyclist off his bike in Faversham. Members of the Canterbury Bicycle Club were out for a ride on Saturday morning when the man got caught behind them and started shouting abuse. He eventually overtook the group before stopping, getting out and throwing one of them to the ground. Police are investigating. Labour say they'll review charges for drivers on the Dartford crossing if they win the general election. In their manifesto, they're pledging to examine all toll roads. The government recently announced the fees would remain indefinitely, despite previous promises they would be scrapped. Plans to build 840 homes between Maidstone and East Malling have been given the go-ahead. The development on land between Hermitage Lane and the A20 will also include a new primary school and road development. It's been approved by the council despite concerns about the loss of green space. Kent Online reports. More than £5 million could be spent on improving infrastructure to get ready for a major new development in East Kent. There are plans for 500 homes, a hotel and petrol station at the Discovery Park in Sandwich. Council bosses want to support the project by building a new road. The committee will make a decision on the idea next Friday. Three Kent schools have been named among the best state secondaries in the southeast. The Judd School in Tunbridge and Dartford and Tunbridge Grammars have made it onto the Sunday Times list of the top 10 in the region based on exam results. Dartford Grammars also won International Baccalaureate School of the Year for a second time. Expensive cars, including a Porsche and Jaguar, have been stolen from outside homes in Gravesend. In the last two weeks, four vehicles have been taken after thieves broke into properties and stole the keys. Similar crimes have also been reported in Larkfield. Now, the first event of its kind in Kent to celebrate the work of volunteers is taking place tonight. Earlier this year, the Lord Lieutenant announced plans to try and encourage more people to give up their time to help the many charities in the county who rely on volunteers to keep going. Simon Dolby is one of the judges at the Kent Volunteer Awards. Inspire Schools and Cam Charity Team have long supported volunteering in Kent and it was increasingly aware that many, many awards events in the county um, pay 
a little bit of lip service to volunteers. There will be a category for volunteers tagged on the end of uh, other events. And so it just seemed that there was a desperate need to have an event dedicated to celebrating volunteering in the county. So many organisations have a volunteering element uh, within their operation and so really volunteering is absolutely essential to so many organisations, so many industries, so many uh, operations, uh, whether it be tourism and uh, it's volunteer gardeners at Chartwell, uh, whether it be um, the the social sector and and carers, um, every sector has got volunteering and all of them need to be celebrated because at the end of the day we lead busy, busy lives and the most precious Uh, commodity that we have is our own time and if an individual donates that to support an organisation or to support others that really ought to be celebrated. So 24 organisations from across the county will have their volunteering efforts uh, acknowledged and celebrated at this pilot event and out of the 24, nine of them are going to be crowned as the Kent champions in their particular sector. So we've got everything from um, employer-supported volunteering, uh, young people involved in volunteering, the education sector, Absolutely everything that you could imagine uh, volunteering will be reflected. If you want to get involved in volunteering in the County of Kent, look no further than the website kentvolunteers.org.uk. The website is packed with volunteering opportunities for individuals and teams. So whether that's you as an individual or it's employer-assisted volunteering, that's the place to check out. The awards will be happening at Hempstead House near Sittingbourne this evening. Kent Online News. Expect major disruption if you're wanting to get the train from Kent to London this weekend. Engineering work means high-speed services won't be stopping at Ashford and other mainline services will be affected too. Network Rail are doing work on the line as well as upgrading drainage in a bid to reduce delays. The advice is to check before you travel. We've also got details at kentonline.co.uk. Police community support officers in Kent are getting new powers to tackle crime. They're going to be able to search people for alcohol and tobacco, disperse groups of youngsters, issue fines to people who don't pick up their dog's mess and manage begging and homelessness. A cherry tree in Faversham has been saved from being cut down after more than 2,000 people signed a petition. Council bosses wanted to get rid of it so people had a better view of the lodge to try and stop antisocial behaviour at the Grade 2 listed building at the wreck. But after anger from the public, now they're just going to prune it instead. They're also planting 61 new trees. And a Christmas lights display in Kent has been cancelled because of health and safety concerns. Council bosses refused to grant a licence for the festive decorations in Pembury after tests revealed the street lamps can't take their weight. Kent Online Sport. Football and following their FA Cup victory in the week, Gillingham are back in League One action this weekend. They're travelling to take on AFC Wimbledon. The Jules are currently 14th in the table, six places above tomorrow's opposition. They've also won three games on the bounce in all competitions with three clean sheets. And that's pleased manager Steve it's a foundation for any club being successful, isn't it? Being able to stop conceding goals. I think most of the season we've been we've been good at that, but we we always said you have to have it on a clean sheets and, and to 
be in any sort of position to, to be near that top group. I think over the season you probably need 15, 16 clean sheets in league football. So we're a little bit away from that yet, but we're getting there quickly. Kings Meadows is always a tough place to go. I know they've, they've not won in six, the stats don't lie, but they've been very close encounters. There's been a few draws in there as well. Um, there's been the odd goal defeats. Um, they're a good side, full of good players. Not building them up to be a top of the table side, they're not, neither are we. Um, it's, it's got the hallmarks of a good game and what will be a good pitch as well. We try to keep the, the same um, professionalism and mannerisms inside the football club. You know, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious that we're, as a management team, we're very straight with our players so we can be very praiseworthy in the dressing room at the end of games. We can be, um, tell them as it is, if it's not been good enough and not acceptable. But when the next day comes and we all sleep on it, you, you know the facts, you know the reasons why you've perhaps not won the game or not did as well as you wanted to do. You point it out. It's a coaching exercise going forward in the training ground. We total positivity. The players will tell you that. We're, we're very positive as a management team. We don't, we don't suffer our minds too heavily from a defeat as long as we're working towards putting that right. They've got good players. They'll be back by good support. I've got plenty of stick. It's great. Um, but we'll go there. We'll be professional. Um, we've got one or two concerns ourselves today in terms of team selection. And, um, but we'll go there and we'll pick an 11 to try and win. I think Mandrin will miss. Um, he's, he's come back into the building, doesn't seem quite right. We'll have another fresh look at him today, of course. Um, we've got one or two, we've got Alfie Jones, a shooter, keeps struggling as well. So that, that stretches us completely because we have 18, 19 first team players here unless we involve the kids. And uh, But we do have Tommy O'Connor back available to us, has come back from two games capped for Republic of Ireland 21s, which is great. He was miles away from it when he came here. And you know, he's an international, um, so he competes for a place. And um, the decision is, is Tommy or Jack Tucker. And, that's a decision we'll probably make overnight. Gillingham defender Connor Ogilvie says injuries within the team won't affect their confidence heading into tomorrow's match. They'll be a good side, they'll, 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 they'll play good football and, and they'll make it hard for us at times, but with the way we're playing at the minute, I don't, I don't see why we can't go there and get the win. Probably results wasn't uh, the best at some points, but the performances were there and, and now this is sort of is sort of clicking and, and coming together nicely. And, and like I said, hopefully we can go on a little run now and... Uh, Push up the table with the strength and depth in the squad, and and the boys playing well, and, and we're getting results now. So, yeah, top off, and we'll just we'll just keep pushing and see where the season takes us. And in cricket, England are off to a good start in the first test against New Zealand. They finished their first innings on 353 overnight after Kent's Joe Denley scored a half-century earlier in the match. At the end of day two, New Zealand were on 144 for four. That's it for me today, but for more news at any time, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.